Previously on Camp Dino, Bo and Zeta took their dinosaurs to their first class in the arena, where they started to learn how to control their little beasts. Zeta felt helpless with her triplet triceratopses, which she named Scooter, Tudor, and Shooter, or Scoot, Toot, and Shoot for short. Bo and Buck seemed to be catching on, but before much progress could be made, their teacher, Dr. Helga Bronson, was called away. With no teachers around, Ash made his move. The bully and his goons taunted Bo, but Buck jumped in and saved the day. That night, after the bonfire, Gavin told Bo and Zeta that he already had a dinosaur. And now for episode six, Echo. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents... Camp Dino. been looking forward to his sleep trees oasis day all week. Each day, two assigned trees were allowed to go to the jungle swimming hole after their morning classes. One boy sleep tree and one girl sleep tree. Bo and Zeta's sleep trees were scheduled on the same day. Every time Bo had talked to someone who'd gotten back from a swim, they raved about how amazing it was. He'd heard so many good things that Bo was starting to wonder if it could really be that great. Maybe the kids were just messing with him, and the Oasis was really code for having toilet cleaning duty or something. When the day finally arrived, he was feeling kind of nervous. If it really was a swimming hole, he hoped it was safe. Being homeschooled out in the boonies, he'd never been to a crowded public pool before. Would the other kids notice that he wasn't a very good swimmer? Would there be lifeguards that could jump in and save him if necessary? It was hard to think of much else during his morning classes. During Dr. Rex's class, he kept staring off at the bone-covered walls and imagining himself accidentally cannonballing into the shallow end of the pool. It wasn't until Dr. Rex had called Zeta to the front of the class with her triceratopses that he'd actually started paying attention. Dr. Rex demonstrated how the little dinos used their sharp, parrot-like beaked mouths to chomp through tough plants. He even showed them how their frills, those fan-like features sticking up out of their heads, could be used not only as a shield during horn battles, but also to communicate with other dinosaurs in their herd. Apparently, they could change colors sometimes and signal danger to other triceratopses or even attract a girlfriend. By the end of the class, Bo kind of wished he had a cool-looking frill poking up out of his head. It was interesting stuff. Not that Zeta could appreciate any of it. 
She was too busy chasing Shooter around Dr. Rex's podium, while Scooter napped on her backpack, and Tudor munched on Dr. Rex's leftover lunch and stunk up the place. <coughs> Buck kept running up to the front of the class, licking them and trying to round them up like baby chicks. It's about time we get to go to the Oasis, Zeta said after class. She and Bo were dressed in their swimsuits, and Zeta had her hair tied up into a bun. Hopefully they have a little pen area I can drop these things off in. She struggled to keep her triplets from climbing out of her unzipped backpack. Shoot kept growling at her every time she pushed his pudgy little head back down. Ah, this stuff stings, Bo said, wiping sunscreen out of his eyes. It's because you put too much on. Zadie used her towel to wipe the sunscreen out of his eyes. Bo clearly didn't understand how much sunscreen to apply. The thick layer of white all over his body made him look like a slimy ghost. At least you'll be prepared for when the sun comes crashing down to earth. What are those? She pointed to the floaties on Bo's arms. They're flotation devices. I haven't been able to gauge the depth of the oasis from my conversations with the other. Get rid of them. Zeta cut him off. Those are for babies. I'll help you practice swimming if you're really worried about it. Ouch! She pulled her hair out of Shooter's mouth, and the feisty orange triceratops nipped at her. Ooh-hoo-hoo! I am so done with you three today! Oh, wanna trade? Trade what? Bo said, pulling off the floaties and tucking them into his backpack just in case. Dinosaurs! These things are driving me nuts! Bo scoffed. What, you don't think Buck drives me nuts? <laughs> Buck growled at him. Sorry, it's true. Yeah, but at least there's just one of him. Plus, he's like a really cool-looking guard dog. Bo stopped walking. You being serious? Dead serious. Bo hesitated. He felt a little flurry of excitement. Was she really offering him her triceratopses? Wow! This was everything Bo could have hoped for. A chance to take care of his favorite dinosaur. Just as he was about to respond, the thrilling feeling faded away and was quickly replaced by guilt. He looked down at Buck, who tilted his big red head and blinked at him. I'll think about it, Bo said. Let me know, Zeta said, throwing her towel over her shoulder. Say, have you seen Gavin? He's in your sleep tree, right? Yeah, he said he'd meet us there. Did you figure out what dinosaur he has? Nope, he still won't tell me. Ugh, that's annoying. What gives? The two hopped on tubes at the chute and floated down to a giant yellow jungle flower that marked the trail to the oasis. From there, they followed a little dirt trail into the jungle. As they walked, the rushing sound of a waterfall grew louder. Shortly into their hike, the trail rounded an ancient stone relic and they stopped at the foot of the oasis. Bo and Zeta's eyes nearly popped out of their heads. Whoa, they both said at once. 
A series of natural pools the size of the gathering hut spanned the jungle clearing. There were different levels of pools, housed in rock, each with a waterfall cascading into the pool below it. Kids swung from jungle vines and dropped into the biggest pool, while others splashed around with their little dinosaurs in the shallow areas. Giant yellow jungle flowers, big enough to wear as hats, covered the outer edges of the pools and hung in thick heaps from the vines that stretched across trees. They filled the air with a sweet, fragrant smell. Parrots laughed from their perches nearby, while a girl slid down one of the natural rock slides on a giant lily pad, holding on to the long, curved head crest of the parasaurol office, sitting in front of her. Woohoo! Splash! There was a group of kids playing pirates in the lagoon caves, and a few others doing flips off of stone relic platforms jutting out over the water. Ash and his goons had hogged the best chairs and were tanning on the far end. Sloppy Joe was running a little smoothie bar from a bamboo stand. Pineapple mango freeze? She asked, holding out two coconut cups with little umbrellas poking out of them. The tropical smoothies practically glowed in front of Bo and Zeta's faces. Yes, please, they said, taking the drinks. They walked over and set their bags down next to the rustic beach chairs. Check it out, Zeta said, nodding across the main pool. Your favorite teacher is here. Bo looked up and saw Dr. Lovekin perched atop a lifeguard chair. He looked like a werewolf wearing a whistle. Bo shook his head and laughed as the caveman whistled at a kid every three seconds and shouted nonsense at them. Most of the kids just ignored him. Don't run around the pool, gonna slip and die! Y'all splashing too much on now! Hurry! <laughs> Tuku finally swooped in and stole the whistle off his neck. Lovekin almost slipped off his elevated chair from swinging so hard at the chubby monkey. <laughs> Tuku seemed to laugh at him as he easily leaped away and climbed up a vine, adding the whistle to his collection of stolen clothes and towels. There's Gavin, Bo said, pointing to the natural hot spring by the caves. I'll meet you over there. Mind watching the triplets for a sec? Ah, uh, well... Before he could respond, Zeta was already running over to the nearest vine. She grabbed it and swung out across the water and did a backflip. Yeah, baby! Woohoo! Splash! While Zeta did flips off everything into the pools, Bo took the dinosaurs over to the hot spring. We found Gavin reclined in the steaming water, napping with his wet hair slicked back. Bo let the dinos run around while he stepped into the spring. The water was piping hot. Bo was pretty sure it was hot enough to turn into a geyser at any moment and blast them out of camp. He looked around at the spring. The clear, sulfurous water revealed bright, colorful rings of mineral rock below. Yellow, blue, pink, and a little bit of green. Bo felt a little self-conscious sitting next to Gavin, who was surprisingly ripped. Hey, Bo said, hiding his scrawny arms under the surface. Gavin finally opened an eye to acknowledge him. Hey, 
Well, Bo wiped sweat from his forehead. Nothing like taking a dip in scalding hot water in the middle of the summer in the jungle. Gavin smiled. Too much for you? <laughs> what? No. Too much? Come on. This is really nice. Bo was pretty sure his skin was going to melt off. He was starting to feel lightheaded. Zeta ran up and joined them. Wow, that's nice, she said, dipping her toe and then slinking down into the warm water. <laughs> Doesn't get better than this, am I right? <laughs> Bo said, wiping buckets of sweat from his face. Zeta nodded to an impressive homemade spear next to the spring. Is that yours? Yep. Gavin closed his eyes and relaxed. Did you make it? Bo asked. Yep. Not bad. Zeta grabbed it and looked it over. It was hand-carved, sharp, and the tip was tied to the staff by an impressive knot. What's it for? Some kind of weapon? Spearfishing, Gavin said simply. Bo stared at the spear's razor-sharp tip. Can't imagine the other swimmers were too jazzed about you jabbing that thing into the pools. Didn't. Used it at the chute. Did you catch anything? Zeta asked. Yep. Did you feed that catch to your stegosaurus? Gavin opened his eyes and shook his head. I'm not telling you what kind of dinosaur she is. Aha! It's a she! Oh, yes! Progress! Why won't you tell us? Bo asked, his fedora hat now soaked with sweat. You'll see her when you see her. I never saw you with an egg, Zeta said skeptically. When did she hatch? She didn't. Bo and Zeta looked at each other. What do you mean? Bo asked. She found me. Woke up one morning and there she was. Zeta looked around. So where is she now? Gavin shrugged. Don't know. She does her thing, I do mine. Bo whispered to Zeta. I think his dinosaur is imaginary. She's real, Gavin said, clearly hearing him. She's out there. She just doesn't need me to babysit her. Kind of like you, Zeta said in a sassy tone. Exactly. Bo started thinking out loud. Spearfishing, making knives, poop bombs, starting a fire with practically nothing. Yeah, I saw you do that, by the way. So what are you, some kind of jungle boy? Gavin chuckled. <laughs> sure. Zeta wasn't satisfied. Seriously, how'd you learn all your survival skills? Been around. Zeta let out a long breath. Oh, jeez, getting three sentences out of you is almost as exhausting as taking care of those three. She nodded to the triplets who were being corralled by Buck. Scoot kept lazily wandering towards the water, and Buck would chase her down, pick her up by the horn, and bring her back to safety. He kept the other two in line with gentle nudges of the nose or tail. Bo smiled as he watched Buck, acting so motherly and protective of the triplets. He loved seeing this side of him. It was refreshing to see him be gentle with something for once instead of destroying it. 
What are they doing? Gavin asked, suddenly looking concerned. Uh, just messing around as usual, Zeta said. Scoot obviously is a death wish, and... No, those two. Gavin jumped out of the spring and grabbed his spear. Uh, maybe we should put the spear down, Zeta said nervously, as Gavin quickly marched over to the little dinos. Gavin? She and Bo hopped out of the spring and followed Gavin, who was practically running over to the dinosaurs now. He lowered his spear and jabbed it. No! Zeta yelled. They stopped and watched as Gavin flung a small bluish-green frog away from the triplets. What the heck was that? Bo asked. Zeta put her hands on her hips. What the heck? You almost turned my dinosaurs into a kebab! Gavin wiped the tip of his spear on a nearby fern. They almost ate a poison dart frog. Those cute glowing frogs are poisonous? Zeta looked horrified. Big time. Zeta quickly rounded up the triplets and checked to make sure none of them were chewing on frogs. Oh my god, you guys would try to eat a poisonous frog before I get a chance to see Bubbles. Bubbles? Bo looked at her. Like a bubble bath? You haven't heard about Bubbles? The oldest dinosaur in camp? Um, no. Where is he? Right there. Gavin pointed over Bo's shoulder. Bo turned and saw bubbles surfacing in the main pool. The kids all cheered when they saw them, stopping what they were doing to watch. A huge shadow was growing beneath the bubbles. Bo took a couple steps towards the pool and tilted his head. What in the world? Splash! A big pointy head attached to a long neck splashed out of the water, launching a kid high up into the air. The kid flipped before splashing back down. My turn, said another kid, swimming over to the massive creature. Bubbles lowered his gray head, scooped up the next kid, and raised him high above the pool so that he could slide down the dinosaur's long, curving neck. It's a, it's a plesiosaur, Bo said with excitement. The huge water dinosaur took up most of the main pool, its long, smooth back poking up out of the water like a surfacing whale, and its long fins spanning out to the edges of the pool. Water dripped from its arching neck that reached as high as some of the surrounding trees. Kids took turns being launched into the air or sliding down Bubbles' long neck. Oh yes, can you guys watch these things for me real quick? Zeta said, setting down her triplets. Hold on, that is a huge marine carnivore, you know, Bo warned. But it didn't matter. Zeta was already running and jumping into the water. Bubbles launched her out of the water, and she did a backflip before splashing back down. Even Sloppy Joe was joining the bubble party, doing a massive cannonball into the pool and taking a turn sliding down the plesiosaur's neck. Go ahead if you want, Gavin said. I'll watch him. I'm good. We can just wait for her together. Bo made sure to keep a safe distance from the massive creature. Oh, check it out. Another hot spring. He pointed to a smaller bubbling pool of water nearby. That's not a hot spring. Uh, yeah, it is. It has that stinky sulfur smell and everything. Bo trailed off as he noticed Tudor waddling out of the shallow pool, 
the bubbles following behind him. Sick! Once Seda had done a couple hundred flips off of bubbles, the three kids headed to their final class of the day, Meditation with Dr. Sky. The classroom was tucked back in the jungle almost to Boom's watchtower, and when they got there, classroom wasn't exactly a good word for it. The kids stopped at a group of dinosaurs tied up to the trunk of a huge tree. Oh, great! Is this going to be like Dr. Lovekin's class? Bo said when he saw the dinos. I thought the counselors weren't allowed to do this. Where is everybody? Zeta looked around for the other kids. <whistles> Gavin whistled to them. Bo and Zeta saw him holding what looked like a small wooden seat attached to a rope. Bo walked over and looked at it. What is that, a swing? Is this a joke? Gavin smiled and sat back on the little seat, and then whack! He kicked a lever sticking out of the tree trunk and boom! The rope shot up the tree. Bo and Zeta craned their necks and watched in amazement as Gavin zoomed up to the top of the tree where a wide net stretched between the canopies. Oh no. Bo was overcome with dread. It was safe to assume the dots moving around on the net were students. From down below, they looked like tiny flies trapped in a spider web. You have to be kidding me, he whispered. Awesome! Zeta tied her triplets to the trunk, sat on the swing that had lowered back down, and whack, zoom, she shot up the tree. Bo whimpered to himself as Zeta got off onto the net and the swing slowly dropped down in front of him. Why does it have to be up in a tree? He tied Buck to the trunk. It was nice knowing you, Buck. Goodbye. He held onto his fedora, closed his eyes, and kicked the lever. Vroom! Ah! Bo's eyes sprang open and his stomach lurched as he flew up the massive tree. He was still screaming like a banshee when he reached the top. Shh, calm down, you're fine, Zeta told him as she and Gavin pried Bo from the swing. As soon as Bo was yanked free, they dropped him onto the net. Gavin and Zeta turned and walked calmly along the tight crisscrossing ropes and sat down next to the rest of the kids. But Bo would do no such thing. Staring down at the drop through the net's holes, he gasped and carefully scurried over to the others on all fours like Spider-Man. Zeta tried to pretend like she didn't know him when he came crawling up next to her. You look ridiculous, she whispered. Just sit down. Bo sat cross-legged like everyone else, but kept his eyes closed and quietly whimpered to himself. <laughs> For as long as Bo could remember, he hated heights. He'd never had the opportunity to go on a roller coaster, but if he did, he'd refuse. He'd never been to a really tall building, but if he had, he'd be just fine in the lobby. One time when he was little, his parents took the family to the Grand Canyon, and Bo wouldn't get within 50 feet of the canyon's edge. And now here he was, suspended 100 feet above the jungle floor in a rope net. The other kids didn't seem to mind. They all sat quietly, enjoying the view of the distant green mountains, or just staring at their teacher who was sitting serenely in front of them. At first glance, Bo mistook their teacher for another student. She was small, appeared to be of Asian descent, and had a really cool scraggle of dreadlocks for hair. 
She wore yoga pants and a long, loose rainbow shirt with a big eye on it. The woman let out a long breath and opened her eyes. Hello, class, she said quietly. Hello, everyone whispered back. With the grace of a ballerina, the woman got to her feet and Bo felt his stomach squirm for her. My name is Dr. Ayano Sky, but I'd prefer you call me Sky for the duration of our sessions. We will start every session with 15 minutes of meditation. Don't worry, I will teach you how to meditate. Yes? She pointed to Zeta who was already raising her hand. Why are we learning how to meditate at a dinosaur camp? Zeta asked, far too loudly and making a number of the kids jump. Good question. Zeta. Zeta. Skye said her name as if it was a magical enchantment. Ma and Pa have made meditation a required class because taking care of prehistoric creatures as children is a very stressful ordeal. The constant roaring, Biting, scratching. Bo was nodding and whimpering to himself. All of it takes its toll on your soul. As your counselors, we believe that your level of performance and enjoyment will be enhanced if we are able to minimize your stress and anxiety. So what? We just have to take a nap up here in this giant hammock every day? Ash joked, getting several snickers from his classmates. Dr. Skye considered him thoughtfully. We will not be sleeping, no. Does a jaguar slumber after its meal? Does a python squeeze a coconut? Sleep is but a blink in our existence. You are here, young one, to live more fully. Everyone looked at each other confused. The lady might as well be speaking another language. This is also not a hammock, Sky continued. It is the nest. Here you will hatch and spring forth with new life. High up in the nest you will grow the wings you will need to fly away from your inner demons. She took a deep breath and began to flap her arms like a bird. I want all of you to join me and take flight. Come, Fly with me. The kids awkwardly stood on the net and started flapping their arms slowly like Dr. Sky. Bo stayed in a squat, not daring to stand up with the rest of the class. He kept his arms close like a T-Rex and did little tiny flaps with his hands. Zeta was taking it way too seriously, flapping her arms intensely as if she'd literally take flight. Gavin shook his head and groaned, refusing to flap along. Good, Dr. Sky cooed. Now take a deep breath in and release as you lower your wings to the net. Like a string of taffy, the woman bent down with incredible ease and continued her slow flap. Let the energy flow from the tips of your feathers to the tips of your talons. That's it. Deep breath in. And back up, and down to the nest we go. The class followed her back into a sitting position. I will now teach you proper breathing technique. Breathing deeply can help clear your mind. 
It cools your energy and releases your spiritual toxins. This is insane, Gavin grumbled. Shh, Zeta hushed him. Bo held onto the net as if it were about to catapult him off into the jungle. He imagined himself launching over the treetops and turning into a puff of smoke on the side of one of the green mountains. We will start by focusing on our breath. Sky rested her hands on her knees and closed her eyes. The class mimicked her. Think about where that breath is. Is it in your chest? Your throat? Your nose? Find it and breathe in for three seconds. Hold your breath for three seconds. Release for three seconds. Then pause for three seconds. Superb. Again. In. Three seconds. Hold. Three seconds. Release for three. And pause for three. Feel the stress release from your pores and join the storm clouds above. Let the angels of meditation carry you away into a state of complete bliss. Gavin peeked out from one eye and raised an eyebrow at Zeta, who was breathing deeply and appeared to be in another dimension. She was relishing the light breeze and the sounds of the rustling leaves in the canopies. This is amazing, she said between slow, deep breaths. Bo clearly didn't feel the same way. His breaths were the opposite of slow and deep. He was panting and staring wildly down at the jungle floor through the net. It's gonna snap, I know it. What is this thing made of? Rope? String? Dental floss? And how long has it been exposed to the elements? All it takes is one little snap and boom, we drop like coconuts and splatter like watermelons. Shh! Zeta hushed him. This is so dumb, Gavin said. Be quiet! The squawking of birds approached. At first, everyone ignored it. But then it grew louder. Gradually, the whole class opened their eyes to see a flock of toucans flying towards them. They were getting closer and closer. Some of the kids panicked, jumping awkwardly to their feet and preparing to dodge the swarm that was clearly not changing direction. Dr. Sky wasn't perturbed in the slightest by the sudden commotion. She let out another deep breath. Everyone relax. They will fly over us. Bo didn't hear a word she said. He was too busy freaking out and trying to find the quickest way back to the swing. They're gonna get us, he cried, stumbling across the net. They're gonna impale us with their, their huge beaks. Cool it. Gavin tried to calm him down. But Bo became even more frantic. The toucans were flying closer, their long orange beaks clearly visible. Zeta was on her feet. Bo, stop! Careful! You're getting too close to the... Before she could finish, Bo lost his footing at the edge of the net and fell. Bo! Zeta screamed. Bo's leg caught the rope swing and he dangled under the net. Help! He cried. He stared dizzily at the hundred-foot drop below. His hat fell and it took several seconds before it finally hit the ground. Somebody! In a flutter of wings and squawks, the flock of toucans passed over the class as all of the students jumped up and turned to watch Bo. Kids screamed and gasped when they saw him. 
Dr. Sky, Zeta, and Gavin were already running to his aid, stumbling over the holes in the net. Gavin was the first to reach him. He reached down and grabbed onto the swing's rope. Hold on, he said. But Bo panicked some more, making his foot start to slide out of the loop it was caught in. Don't move, Gavin yelled. Bo finally stopped flailing, and Gavin slowly started pulling him back up to the net. The dinosaurs down below were looking up at them and roaring. Buck whined from his leash. Dr. Skye was running over with a coil of spare rope. Bo's tangled leg ached, and he could feel the blood rushing to his head. He was starting to feel sleepy. Veins bulged in Gavin's face and arms as he pulled in the rope hand over hand. He almost had him. Just a few more feet. A straggling toucan suddenly fluttered past Bo and he panicked. His body twisted out of the way, making his foot slip free from the rope. No! Gavin tried to reach for him but missed. Zeta screamed. Bo fell. His arms flailed and his insides spun as he dropped. Time seemed to slow. Buck howled up at him from below, chewing himself free from his leash, only to watch helplessly as his master tumbled through the air. Echo! Bo heard a voice shout above him. There was a sudden rustling in the trees, followed by a fierce screech. And then, just before Bo could hit the ground, he heard a whoosh. Something dove underneath him and caught him. He was moving fast, real fast. Bo rolled along its scaly back and almost fell off, but was blocked by an enormous rubbery wing that flapped and pushed him back into position. Bo's hands grabbed onto the creature's shoulders and he looked around, stunned. It was a pteranodon. The massive winged dinosaur screeched again as it soared around the trees, its flapping wings pounding through the air with a deep whoom, whoom, whoom. With a speeding gust that made the trees sway, the pteranodon circled back around and landed gracefully next to the rest of the dinosaurs. Dr. Sky, Zeta, and Gavin were already waiting for him. The pteranodon lowered a big wing to the ground so that Bo could slide down. As he touched ground, Zeta immediately ran up to hug him. Oh my, are you okay? You almost died! <laughs> Buck ran over with Bo's fedora hat between his teeth. Bo took it from him and slowly put it back on. Thanks, Buck, he said, still in a daze. <laughs> Buck rubbed his head against Bo's leg, whining and purring. Let me see you, said Skye, looking frantic herself. It is a miracle, she said after scanning him over. We will take you to see Dot to make sure there are no hidden injuries. Bo couldn't find the words. His heart was still racing. He felt like he was going to puke. Gavin walked past him and patted the pteranodon on the chest. Good girl. This is your dinosaur? Zeta said, staring between Gavin and the dinosaur in disbelief. Gavin smiled. This is Echo. With a friendly flap of her wings, the beautiful brown pteranodon raised her yellow-crested head and bugled. 
She had a regal look about her, as if she were the queen of all dinosaurs. Bo carefully walked up to her, and Echo turned towards him. Chuckling softly, Bo set his hand on top of her smooth beak. Echo, he whispered. Hey, Rocketeers! Sorry about that. I was really losing my voice narrating that episode. I didn't get around to it until later in the evening at the end of the day when my voice is already strained. So, sorry, but we got through it. We did it. I want to give some shout-outs to some special patrons, Moisha and his mom, Nishama. Thank you so much for your support and for your amazing feedback. I loved it. Thank you, thank you so much. Rocketeers, you can support the Purple Rocket Podcast by going to patreon.com. Look for Purple Rocket Podcast and you become a patron, get some extra stories, and help out the show. How about we read some Apple reviews? Molly from Missoula, Montana says she thinks Camp Dino and all the other shows are amazing. She says, I am always re-listening to your podcast. And one question, will you please make more winglings under the willow tree and more winning the pixie knots? Uh, love your show. Bye. Good question, Molly. Um, I would love to do more winglings under the willow tree. Um, and winning the pixie knots, it's, I'm not working on it currently, but I definitely want to do another one. So stay tuned. I kind of already have some ideas, but Winglings is actually one of my personal favorites. I really love that story. The title is kind of misleading. It's really an epic fantasy for any of you listeners who have not checked it out. It's kind of like, I don't know, Lord of the Rings-ish meets, um, I don't know. I don't know, guys. <laughs> Somebody help me out here. I'm drawing a blank. It's late. It's later at night. Uh, check it out, Winglings. But yeah, I I hope to get back to it for sure. Uh, another one. This says best podcast ever. Me and my sister, twelve and ten, have listened to Space Train, Digger, Grandpa's Globe, and now Camp Dino. We both recommend the series to anybody who loves being read exciting stories. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. I love this podcast. Funny comments at the end. The voices also help make this podcast come alive. Thank you, um, Elijah and Tatiana. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm glad that this has been exciting. I remember listening to some stories when I was in elementary school, some of these teachers that would tell these exciting stories. We'd sit down in a circle around them. Uh, One of them was, I think, on the Civil War. There was another guy who told us uh, the Battle of the Alamo in Texas, uh, which was crazy. He did such a good job. Anyway, it was just so cool looking back and thinking of how exciting those stories were. We just sat there. 
on this like hard ground for hours listening to these people tell stories and it's it's amazing so uh imagining you rocketeers listening to these stories uh is is pretty cool pretty special uh another review says simply wonderful and it says, I know this is intended for children, but I'll admit it that I'm in my 20s and I love your stories. I listen to them before I go to sleep to unwind from the day and the stories are so well done. I got hooked with winglings under the willow tree and haven't stopped listening since. Awesome. I'm so glad. Listen, listen, listen. No shame for listening when you're in your 20s. Guess what? I wouldn't be doing this if I weren't trying to entertain myself. Obviously, I'm writing these for my kids and for the kids out there, but... Honestly, I look forward to doing the stories myself, look forward to um, kind of engaging with the characters. So, heck yeah, if you're in your 20s, you like these stories, that makes me feel good because I'm in my 30s. I'm 31. I'm actually turning 32, getting up there, but I love this stuff. I love these stories. And like I said before, I love Winglings Under the Willow Tree. Ay-yah-yah. There's something about the Zaxlin swords. There's something so cool about it. I love it. This next review says, we can't get enough of the Purple Rocket. This podcast is a huge hit in our house and in the car. Every time we get in the car, it's like, Mom, can we please listen to the Purple Rocket? I have shared this podcast with so many friends. We love the enthusiasm, incredible storytelling, and variety of characters. We are eager to listen to every episode and look forward to more to come. Awesome. The car is a great place to listen to these stories. Uh, and especially if things are getting a little crazy in the car, we know how that is in the web family. Things can get interesting. People sitting in close proximity, getting annoyed with each other and podcasts, uh, have this magical enchanting ability to make people quiet and relax. And so awesome. I'm so glad your family's enjoying the story. This one, uh, is from Tori. She says, I'm so stoked about this podcast. I love it. Make more because why not? Love Grandpa's Globes and Space Train, but seriously, you should make a season about a group of teenagers that all get superpowers and stop all these weird but cool villains. Make the villains cool, the heroes dorky. That's what Star Wars does. Yeah, it does. Star Wars does do that. Uh, I'm not going to say I love this podcast over and over and over again, but I would if I could. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. This is so good. Um, I love that you make it like an audiobook. No other podcast I know does it best podcast ever and please make girls really cool and the boys dorky <laughs> that is awesome guess what i think naturally i do a lot of dorky boys because um newsflash i'm a huge dork that should come as no surprise but that is hilarious that's awesome that you re- requested that um and it says please make other girls that don't have red hair so that's interesting because um, at least, I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, but I think Lydia from Space Train is my only like main female character that has red hair. I don't think, uh, let's see, uh, Zeta obviously has dark hair. Winnie has dark hair. Holy smokes, you guys. I'm totally drawing a blank. Anyway, I don't. I try not to go into too much description on the characters because like you said in your review, uh, Tori, I want you kids to be able to imagine you being the person. So, yes, I sometimes do throw in some details or some kind of distinguishing characteristic um, to kind of paint a fun picture. But a lot of times I try to keep 
some level of ambiguity there because I really want you to be able to plug yourself in um, to a number of these characters, not necessarily all of them, but but a number of these and relate to them in some way because that's what really can make these engaging uh, and can really suck you in is if you have fun and can kind of relate to certain feelings or experiences. So um, great, great advice. <laughs> I'll try to uh, rein in the red hair. If there is too much red hair, I'll go back and have to listen to it. But um, thanks for the feedback, Rocketeers. Like always, leave some reviews on Apple Podcasts. Send me some feedback or drawings, artwork um, at, at purplerocketpodcast at gmail.com or on the Facebook page. Support the show on Patreon. And do your best, Rocketeers, to make the most of this pandemic. Use your imagination. Play make-believe. Write stories. Get outside and explore. You could even start a podcast or a YouTube channel, like one of our listeners, Cole, who started Cole's Weekly Sports Report. Cole, that's awesome. I love it, you guys. Use your imaginations, have fun, and be safe. I'm so, so grateful that you're listening and supporting the show. It means a lot. Till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.